Many people think they're in the market to buy a home if they pursue listings online, but you truly aren't serious until you've secured the team you trust that consists of an agent and a lender. In this episode of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze, Ermina Cream from Guaranteed Rate Mortgage in San Luis Obispo joins the team to stress that lenders are not only providing you the funds to secure the American dream, but also your biggest advocates in managing your finances in order to do so. Products such as permanent and temporary buy-downs can actually better help you manage your finances. When you compare rising rent costs versus fixed mortgage costs with tax benefits, you actually will be better off buying a home, despite currently high interest rates. Remember, local lending is the only lending. Here's your host, James Bueno. It is another beautiful day in San Luis Obispo. Mr. Swayze, we're going to do a a podcast today. Are you ready? I'm ready. Thank you for having me. And then we have uh, JT, the man himself. He's here. What's up, JT? Are you kidding me? Am I ready? I'm just asking. I'm just wondering if you're ready or not. Don't insult me. I'm always ready. bad. bad. All right. (laughs) This guy's primed and ready to go. (laughs) And you heard his voice, Mr. Pete. How are you, sir? Uh, You know, even if it was pouring rain, it's still beautiful in San Luis. It is. It's amazing. It's amazing. Static to be here. And it seems like we just have another podcast staff member with us today. How do you want to introduce her? Yes. We We have the very good fortune of having Ermina Kareem here from Guaranteed Rate. Yeah. She's a mortgage lending specialist. Ermina, how would people reach you uh, after our podcast? They could call me directly or text Mm -hmm. at 805-602-0248, or I'm like most of us on email all the time, and I can be reached with my business partner, Donna Lewis, Mm -hmm. Donna, D-O-N-N-A dot Ermina, E-R-M-I-N-A at rate.com. Or if you like to get a coffee at Black Horse downtown, we're right next door and we'd love to buy you a coffee. Can we pastry, take, can pastry we too. That oh, too? Yeah. Include a pastry. I'll throw in a pastry. Oh, for you, you know, beautiful people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we used to do for guests? We used to give a round of applause. Let's do that. Oh yeah. yeah. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Round of applause. You've been amazing. Thank you. Uh, we need to get rolling. How we got? To yeah. Talk so, about. so I, we all thought it would be important to have somebody in the mortgage industry because there's been so much change, you know, and rates, you know, jumped up as high as I think touching eight percent. Down, come a little bit. You know, they move a lot. And, you know, the affordability factor is a big issue because we haven't seen much change in prices and we've seen a pretty big change in the cost of money. Ermina, what, what's happening out there and what, what, is, what are some things that somebody who wants to purchase a home needs to get a mortgage? How are you helping them? One of the conversations that we were having prior to the start of this is really around spending time helping people to understand how to navigate, how to spend time looking at their own situation and the set of tools available to them. Because there are more than often people realize where you spend a lot of time hearing the headlines, rates are doing this, and absolutely it affects your ability to afford. But there are more solutions than people realize. So first step, always fill out an application. Trust that your lender out there is going to be able to first look at your financial scenario and then say, maybe less down is going to be a better scenario for you now because you expect to make more money down the road. Or maybe there are opportunities, and there always are, to address the interest rate market by buying down your rate. Maybe you do it. Maybe the seller helps you. There's, there are different tools. So that's a long answer. Let's get into the details. No, that's a great answer because I do find people that say, oh, we want to buy a house. Well, you need to go talk to a lender. And they're like, well, I got to, you know, I do this to my credit. I got to do that. I gotta, they think they have to get prepared, and they, I don't think they realize that you're their advocate. Exactly. Right? We're you're going to tell them the right thing to do. Yeah, we're on the team with their with their preferred realtor. Uh, you know, 
our process is a soft credit pull. So I always try to get the word out that your credit's not going to get dinged. If you fill out an application, all it does is let us see more holistically your financial picture. And, you know, sometimes it's paying down a credit card that we can do through escrow. That's going to make the difference in the amount of home loan you can take. There's so many tools, but until you fill out the application, we don't really know what we're dealing with. There's so much that people don't realize that they don't know. Right. Exactly. But I wrote down, I, I liked what you said, holistic credit picture. That sounds, it sounds kind of nice, right? <laughs> Versus awkward. getting a loan. I like the holistic credit picture. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of shame in this country about <laughs> money and what right? we think we're okay. supposed to know and uh, that maybe we make less than the next person or, you know, there's so right. much around, or I've got a lot of uh, school debt, you know, whatever it might be, these are right. so much more common than people realize. And so if you can remove that and we rely on our realtor partners to help with that conversation because you're already trusted right? and uh, to say, don't worry, they're on your team. Yeah. So Ermina, I'm a first time home buyer and I'm <laughs> kind of shaken up by what's gone on the last 24 months with interest rate. I'm calling you on the, on the advice of a real estate friend of mine. How long is that conversation going to last? And what kind of questions would you ask me? If you haven't filled out an application yet, I would first begin to understand where are you in the process? What are you okay. thinking about? How long does it take to fill out an application? How long? 15 I mean, minutes, okay. 10 minutes. It's digital. It doesn't take long because you don't have to be perfect at it. You just okay. need to get it rolling. And then every time somebody completes an application, we take about a 15-minute phone call once we have it. Got That's, it. you know, of course, that can expand if you've got a lot of questions, uh, but the goal is first to suss out your situation. And, and in that 15 minutes, you're kind of coaching me on what options I might have that I have no idea what I'm doing. And well, first, I'm going to try to understand what is most important to you. Okay, And good. then really make sure I have a really clear picture on what's happening in your situation so I'm not making assumptions. Uh, because maybe you're expecting a raise coming down the road or there's another child. You know, there's different things that are happening uh, or you want to buy the home for only two years versus this is your forever home, whatever it might be. Um, so we take time first up front, understanding your what your goals are, and then I can help present financial scenarios and build a strategy to achieve it. So it sounds like you're trying to figure out a way to really help me and be my advocate rather than what people used to think of as bankers and they their their jobs to say no no you're you only get paid if you say yes oh, I'm, right i'm 100 percent trying yeah, to get to got yes. it. <laughs> yeah yeah and hopefully numerous routes to yes honestly because what somebody's priority is everybody's always asking every day well what, what would you choose what rate buy down would you choose or how much percent would you go down well some of that's your risk tolerance. Some of that's what you know in your own personal future about what's coming up. So it, what I want to do is make sure you have the information so you can make the decision that's right for you. Hey, I'm all in at five and a half, but they're <laughs> seven and a half today. So I've kind of taken a step back. And what I'm hearing you tell me is you can help me take a step in. Absolutely. And what would that look like? There are two different types of ways to, uh, to address interest rates. One is called a permanent rate buy down. You're able to buy down the, uh, the, the rate by at closing spending additional funds that permanently lock in your rate. So if your zero point rate would be seven and a half percent, maybe you spend one point, one point's always one percent of your loan value, and that can get you to seven and a quarter, let's just say. 
I would help you to understand how long it would take to break even on your monthly payments. And then you can decide, yes, that's a two-year break even. That makes sense for me because I don't plan to refi in that time. I plan to stay in the home and I, I'm good with that rate. That rate would stay for the life of the loan until you refinance. Which also, if you're very risk averse and you think rates are going to go higher and stay higher longer, that might be a, a scenario that will help you sleep at night. There, are, there is also a temporary buy-down. Temporary buy-downs are structured where, and they come in different formats, uh, you can, you're buying down the rate by paying up front a subsidy, and that subsidy is paid for by the seller. And they essentially say, I wanna help you ease into the current rate environment. So we're gonna do, let's say, a two-one buy-down. So in your first year, your interest rate would be two percentage points lower. So if you were locking at 7.5%, the first year your payment would be at the 5.5% note rate, then 65 and then 75 Okay, so I'm in now. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and you respond to the heat as it gets turned up a little bit as that rate goes up. Well, yeah. you know, like Ermina said, um, you know, uh, I'm the person who's expecting to make a little more next year. So when the rates do go up, I'll have the income to, to cover it. Well, and, and for most people, I think, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to buy a new car. Here's my new payment. It's $300 or whatever that is. So it's like, ah, oh, that's a lot. And then they start paying it, and they forget all about it. It's like, I got it. Yeah, you adjust you, into it. You learn to manage it without an increase in income, right? And, and, and as John would say, he would bet on himself. You know, I, I like that you said that you're giving financial kind of guidance because I and, you know, people have different thoughts about money because my kids are their late 20s, and I was just with one of their friends, and She's got a pretty good job, and she goes, will I ever be able to buy a house? And she's got some savings. Her mother passed away, and she's got some money, and she, she didn't even know what to, like, where to go put it to make interest. You know, I mean, just go, you can go put it in a money market account and make 5%. So it's, it's, it just tells me that the information that you have available for people is more and more valuable all the time because it's just not as commonly discussed, I think. It's not. Right? I, yeah. And, and you know, for, I don't know about you guys, for us growing up, we, I didn't, we never talked about that in my house. I know, you know, you gotta go learn that on your own or somebody else. There, there's a complete lack of acumen when it comes to money management. It's not taught in the high schools. It's not taught in college. Elementary school, anywhere. Yeah. The only place to learn it's on the street, and you can get bloodied up pretty good unless you got somebody helping you. Oh, right. totally. I was of the generation where you graduate from college, and that's the first thing they're giving you is, you know, these really credit crazy cards. credit cards. Yes, exactly. So a whole, you know, generation of people and then beyond, obviously, that just were signed up and got all this free money and felt great. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Free, exactly. free money. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that free till the, till the end of the month. Per yeah. Yeah. Exactly. People yeah. d didn't understand. It's yeah. free until the 24 percent. I can yeah. borrow money. Daily. money. It's cheaper than that. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that that's really important, and and two, you know, the the meeting first meeting with you might be something like, okay, here's a game plan. Your income's there, but we have to help clean up some debt. So here's a plan for the next six, twelve, four months, whatever exactly. it is. Or credit counseling, yeah. helping understand where their credit may be. Yep. So and we can we can run simulations about well, if you pay down your, you don't have a lot of, especially if you're a first time home buyer, and maybe you have um, you're using up a lot of the credit you've got mm -hmm. on your credit cards. Well, there's simple analysis that says, okay, if you if your balance is at this amount, this is gonna predictively say your your credit score is gonna go up 20 points, 30 points. And those those make an important shift for people to be able to afford the home they're gonna buy. Because the credit card, the better credit score does what? 
it improves the cost of your interest rate and the rate available to you. Better, Which, of course, better price makes your money. home more affordable. Exactly. Right. In, a, in a prior conversation, uh, I think I asked you about uh, first-time home buyers today and how many of them are getting you know, some type of help from uh, family members. And, and, and you indicated that many. It's a significant yeah. portion. And, and it, does that help come in the, in the form of, uh, you know, gifts for down payments? Or does it come in the form of, you know, mom and dad are going on the deed and going on the loan with the, it the, the buyer? It depends, really. I mean, if, the, if we've got somebody who is they, their income, they, let's just say some kids may have or younger whoever it is, honestly, first-time homebuyers, maybe they've saved for their down payment, but their income is still making it difficult um, to qualify for the loan. Um, and there may be things that we can't see entirely as to why they will eventually be able to. Then a cosigner is going to be th the more appropriate scenario because you're going to have offsetting improvement in income. But the vast majority of people tend to not want to necessarily have somebody on the loan, but instead have um, gift funds. You can be on title and not be on the loan. Like parents can then gift funds and have be have more flexibility because those aren't treated as gift funds from a tax perspective. Can you give an example, Ermina? Like, um, so, so let's say somebody was getting a five hundred thousand dollar loan. How what that means for that buy down? Because we have people listening also that are selling their homes and. Sure. Home builders are usually a good indicator, like how do you get a home sold? Like when the market was red hot, they didn't call any real estate agents. They just had a sales office. People would show up and they'd sell them places. Then when things slow down, oh, well, we want the agents to come in and we'll, we'll cooperate with them. And, you know, I've, I've seen them, you know, include cars and whatever it is, put in upgrades and appliances. And now I think they're helping and I think they're taking the lead with um, helping uh, buyers with the rates. So, so what would that look like if somebody said they're buying a six hundred and twenty thousand dollar condo or whatever that is, six hundred with twenty percent down and getting a five hundred loan or whatever that is? What would that look like, and how much would that be? And you know, what can you just give a few details on that for yeah, the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. It's Thank you. Such a, um, a, it's such a great tool in this market to help buyers access the home and and ramp into it. So, in a two one buy down, which would get buyers into the interest rates, so current interest rates, let's say mid-sevens, and start out in the mid-fives, a, a credit from the seller of somewhere between eleven dollars and $12,000 mm -hmm. would get that done. Okay. And so you are able to sell your home at the price you wanted to sell it at, yep. um, help people get in with the interest rates where they are today, right. and just really it's a simple uh, seller credit to offset the cost. Uh, Two-one buy-downs do have to be paid for by the seller, so it's a, an important tool to navigate the market right now. Yeah, it's. A, I think it's important to note that the buy-down is a lot less expensive than having to reduce the price of your property, mm -hmm. so that the buyer can qualify to get in. You're exactly. It, it, there's a huge advantage to that two-one buy-down, paid I, for by the seller. Paid for by the seller, and in all of those cases, one thing to note is that the buyer has to be able to qualify for the full note rate. So it wouldn't change their qualification. Mm -hmm. It's so they would still have to qualify for the seven and a half percent, but their uh, desire to move forward would certainly be affected. Well, even like you know, car dealers do that, right? Yeah, two point one percent financing would, right. to attract people, yeah. right? And it would make it makes sense to me in real estate, right? I mean, sometimes we get offers and somebody wants a credit for something buy down whatever and here's a 620 offer but we want a $15,000 closing cost credit and 
Sellers go, why do you need that? Well, if the buyer's spending every penny for their down payment and their closing costs, they got nothing left to all the other fees. It's usually part of it. So I think we're going to see more of that. I think it's more of a balanced market where that's a good move for someone at 620 to give up 11 or $12,000 to make a sale. You know, that doesn't oftentimes move the needle in the price, right? right? From 620 to 609, that's about 11, right? Versus I got five and a half percent, then six and a half percent, and then the third year, seven and a half. If rates go up to nine and a half percent the next two years, oh, you're hurting me. Well, <laughs> you know that, that means we probably got some pretty serious inflation, right? Because if we didn't have inflation, we probably wouldn't have these higher rates. Is, am I thinking clearly? Correct. Okay. So, so, so they're up, and they're the in two years are nine and a half. Apart in that right? scenario, yes. So, so they're at nine and a half percent, and I, I mean, I've been doing this thirty years. I've, I've bought and sold houses or represented people eight and a half, nine percent. Sure. It's, it's happened, right? It's not yep. like it's unknown. Um, so there's inflation then. That means it's still going. So I, I wonder if that buyer is still happy with, when the rates go to nine and a half, if they get in at seven and a half, even though you know we're all hoping they'll go down at some point, because um, they've got inflation, which means the cost of a lot of things are still going up. Sure. Right. Including the house, including the house that they purchased has yeah. probably gone right. up in value, or the rent they would have been paying. Exactly. Right, because rents are going up because everything Absolutely. just costs more. Exactly. Right. Everything costs more now, no matter what, than it did twenty years ago. You just touched on rents as well, and that's one of the key pieces that we try, especially with first home, first-time home buyers, is to contextualize what's happening with rents. What does um, what does the interest deduction look like, so that people can so if you can cash flow the purchase, what it will mean for their taxes, so we can scenario that out for people to move beyond. I pay thirty five hundred dollars in rent, and and this mortgage payment is going to be. 4500 or right. 5000 well a you're not paying for somebody else's mortgage and b there are it's not a those aren't straight number comparisons because you're going to get some tax benefits exactly from your that'll help offset the payments exactly. and then that money you're paying a lot of it goes down to pay the principal so you exactly. owe less on the property exactly and that's the beauty of that so how brought up this scenario over the next couple of years are rates going from 7 and a half to 9 and a half and i had the same feeling where i wanted to throw up as some of the others in the room. <laughs> so what, pull out your crystal ball and what do you think is going to happen the next 24 months? Don't do that to the poor girl. <laughs> no, no, that's let me what we her, do here. Let me yeah. give her a break, right? Let me give her a little break while she thinks about it because we're not going to let okay. her off the hook. We're all going to be on the hook. Jay, but, come on. You're killing me. But so it was, this is 2023. Was it this year? It's because 2022, we made a bet in June, was it? Oh, what yeah. rates would be? Yeah. And nobody went above 6%. Yeah, we right? were all wrong. Oh. And now it, it's very wrong. the closest. Wrong. Yeah. 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 Sorry. And, and so now we're at 8%. And what's happening? John would say, we're getting up, we're making breakfast, we're going to work. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. I mean, and we're waiting for it to go down. Maybe. Like, it is what it is. I mean, I am. Of course. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I bought a house recently. I'd love to refinance it. Sure you know, you would. But, yeah. but I'm not focused on that every day. If it goes to 9.5%, okay, it goes to, you know, whatever. I'm just making this up. So I don't, I don't think it's going to be all that bad, but who knows? I shouldn't say that. So, so Ermina, what, 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 so what is our time frame, John? Because we're just having <laughs> fun here. said 24 months. said the next 24 months, what do you think going to happen? Ooh, that's a long window. I mean, don't, don't you get that question from your clients? And nobody ever looks out that far. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, 24 nobody, months. Nobody thinks that. How about 24 long? minutes? Yeah, well, they, they want to know if they're locking today or tomorrow, okay. or maybe, you know, and, and then there is really an assumption 
that in two years it'll be better, whatever well, that number is. They should be asking what's happening in 2021. They should they're be. That's right. They're getting a 2-1 buy down. What's going to happen? Thanks yeah. for coming back, Jay. <laughs> That's the least I can do. <laughs> well, I mean, in the last, and we're going to hear more soon, but as the Fed has indicated, the overnight lending rate is going to stay higher longer. Uh, they revised that, whatever that was, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that assumption that rates were going to be a point plus lower in a year, maybe, you know, in the sixes. Okay. If you are tracking with that, you would believe that pushes out further. So 24 months from now, five and a half. Boom. Wow. I like that. So, but you're saying 12 months from now, maybe not. Mid sixes. Yeah, mid to high sixes. Okay. Can you lock me now at five and a half percent? Okay, no. A 24-month yeah. lock. <laughs> yeah, that's, what's the cost we on that? We do have a yeah. one-year lock, though. That's what? impressive. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Holy crap. Does yeah. it cost it, an arm and no, a leg? No, it doesn't. It, for, it's three-quarters of a point. Wow. Well, okay. I got locked for like three weeks in college, but that was not. That was a different, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a different situation. <laughs> there was a bail paid. Okay. Was, yeah. So, so five and a half and twenty four months, right? Twenty four so months. So this is November twenty twenty five. And we're gonna, well, are we writing we're gonna, this down? I'm writing and, it down. And to Jay and 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 Hal, who are, you know, professional real estate people, the rates go to five and a half. What do you think is going to happen to pricing? There'll be more available buyers, that's for certain. More competition on the buy side. So prices, and that's fundamental economics. Price is going to be driven by demand and availability. And more people will move. Yeah. There'll be more. Will we have be more a, sellers? Oh, we'll yeah. have more sellers, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And there'll, there'll be a lot of more tra- transportability just in the same county. Right. Um, you know, people are, are locked into their home now because of the rate they've got. Like, I'm, I'm at 3%. I'm like, even though I'd like a different house with more land, I don't know that I would. I, I'm not going to jump into it. What's a, that threshold, right? Is it four yeah. or five? How much are you willing to go? Yeah. Yeah. It's about three now. It's probably, yeah, it's probably five. It's probably five and a half. I've talked about my son buying multiple times on this podcast in Seattle last year. He's at 5.96. Two years from now, at five and a half, he's going to be ready to, to sell and buy. Yeah. Or buy and sell, mm-hmm. whichever one comes first. But he'll want a bigger place. Mm hmm. And the rates went down a little bit. Prices, assuming, went up a little bit. So take a little out of the house first one he bought and move on to the next one, which is True. how most of us did it 30, 40 years ago, right? right? Yep. Yeah. So, Jay, what's your number? November 2025, 30-year uh, mortgage rate. You know, I'm going to say we're floating in the high fives, like five and seven eighths. Five point. Eight seven five is that what? Eight seven five. There you go. Five point eight seven five. John Turner, the eternal uh, eternal optimist. Four point nine. Oh, stop it! Wow, that's that's that, that would be amazing. I'm going to go six point seven five. Oh, you pessimist! Oh, you. Well, he he took I it last like time. To be, I just want to be right. I, actually, I want to be wrong. I want to be. Yeah, yeah I want you to be wrong. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I get that a lot. You're rooting for me now, aren't you? <laughs> yes, four point nine nine. I like it. I think there's something that uh, that, that are, I mean is touched on that um, we're all um, you know we're all in the real estate game and you know house in the sales business. Um, you know, I consult and coach uh, real estate salespeople all day, every day. And the one thing that as a consumer you should be aware of is if you're going to be buying a house. You should absolutely get yourself in front of a lender before you even start looking at homes. 
you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? You connect with a, with a with an agent, you go find the perfect house of your dreams, you want to write an offer, and yet you can't. You don't have a pre-qualification. You're not underwritten. You don't even know if you can afford it. And the house of your dreams just slips through your fingers. A seller is not even going to look at your offer unless you've got a letter saying that you can buy the thing. So it's imperative that you have that conversation with your with your mortgage professional up front before you even start looking at houses. And, you know, leaning into a real estate salesperson that can help guide you if you don't have that person is imperative. Uh, additionally, working with somebody that's local is also a huge uh, difference. It's a big difference between, you know, there might be some companies out there that offer you great teaser rates that are fully digital and they're not here. Well, they don't have the appraiser pool that a local um, lender will have. They don't know certain conditions. They can't really guide you in a way that's going to get you teed up to be the offer that gets accepted. So if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're thinking about buying a house, Get in front of your real estate professional. Make sure you connect with a lender. Get yourself pre-qualified and use a local lender in your community because that makes a huge difference. And they can have the best lender in the world. You know, my cousin or sister or whatever that lives in uh, Laguna Beach and and they're going to do the loan. We have no history on them, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and so you're at a disadvantage. Yeah. Right, because we have no, I mean, I had somebody the other day, I was like, oh, geez, how many loans? You know, I, it's just horrible to have to go through that because we have been down the runner, the ringer, and nobody likes going on a 30 to 35 or 40 day escrow, and 30 days in, they go, oh, well, we forgot to double check on this or that. We can't do the loan. Everybody is upset. Yeah. Now, a good local lender, we know who they are, we know who to send them to. Um, I, I don't care. It just makes all the difference. So you're putting yourself at a disadvantage in terms of this, you know, what you get and how you'll be presented when you make an offer on a house. I appreciate what both of you have said. And there are a number of great local lenders that people can reach out to. It is a relationship too. You're doing a, whether this is your first or your 15th per home purchase, it is a stressful uh, endeavor. Yep. And so having people you trust who, who can help you get it done, ultimately you need your financing to close. Uh, on the schedule we talked about so that you can actually get the home you want. And so having a team you trust is um, that you know understands you to navigate the situation. You know, I joined Hal's team in 2017. And I have not heard one complaint about an escrow being delayed where a local lender is being used. What I do here Every once in a while, when it's not a local lender, that's where I hear about the, the nightmare closes. Or not closing. Or not closing, which is a bigger nightmare. We had somebody handle a VA file for a veteran 30 days in, couldn't do it. Appraisal had mistakes on it. We gave it to someone locally. They approved them in four days. Yeah. But, I mean, it just shows you the disparity. It's like, oh, you're, you know, you're a lender, you're a lender, you're probably the same. No, no, it's there. You got to make sure you're getting the right people. I mean, I'm going to be in the market here soon. So once I decide on an agent, uh, I'll be talking to <laughs> pre-qualifications for you. Well, ask Hermina. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jim, how you have something? Well, if your income is the same at your new job, that could affect. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> Good. All right. Hermina, where can people reach you again? Okay, please. Call or text anytime, 805-602-0248, or I'd welcome an email at Donna, D-O-N-N-A, dot Ermina, E-R-M-I-N-A, at rate.com, or like I said, feel free to stop by at Black Horse downtown, we're right next door, and I'd love to buy you a coffee. That's awesome. And then, of course, we, you can uh, reach Al as well, and uh, 
make that contact. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. A great podcast today. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening, and we will see you or talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the House Wazy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. Check for it in your feed for the latest information on the San Luis Obispo County market. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and on housewazy.com where you can find current listings and other real estate tips. Housewazy.com, that's H-A-L-S-W-E-A-S-E-Y.com. I am James Bueno, Director of Marketing for the House Swayze Group. If you're looking for anything real estate, give us a call, 805-781-3750. House Swayze is a licensed California real estate broker. DRE number 01111911. This Low County Real Estate with House Swayze Podcast is a production of AGM Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.